0: Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning to read at the 20th verse. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ is death for God has put all things in subjection under his feet but when it says all things are put in subjection under him it is plain that he is expected who put all things under him when all things are subjected to him then then the son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things under him that God may be everything in to everyone, amen. Easter is not for everybody, no wish that it were, God intended it to be that way, but the fact remains, not everybody understands Easter no it was that way at the first Easter and it'll be that way Easter 1976 people will awake today get up they'll go through the day they'll retire tonight and not have caught one little iota of the significant spiritual meaning of this holy day that's too bad but you are not those people thank God you are here for some reason or another Easter means something to you and that's the way it's supposed to be for we are Easter people yes we are Easter people you know there were two great things that happened at that first Easter and sometimes we we stress so much the one that we forget the other the first and of course the most important is that on that day God chose to bring from his dead the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son. Now that's the main reason and purpose for Easter, but also on that day the resurrected Lord appeared unto people who we call Easter people. And I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about it, but if Jesus had not appeared in his resurrected form unto people, we today would not know of the resurrection, even though it would have taken place. It was because he appeared to people, to Easter people, that we have the great meaning, the power, and the message of this holy day. Do You see, the Easter people, first of all, are those individuals who know where they have been and who somehow, somewhere, some way, experienced. The revelation of the resurrected Lord. Yes. The Bible tells us that on that particular day, people, the Easter people as we call them, experienced the living Lord in his resurrected form. They saw him, they felt him, they knew his presence. They couldn't explain it or understand it, but it happened. Oh, it happens still, and it happens then, as it does to now, now, in many different, different ways and forms. Yes, there were people on that first Easter, when you know the record, who found the resurrected Lord at the cemetery. Yes, they had gone to pay respect to one whom they had loved. And while they were there, they felt a presence, they heard the good news of the resurrection, They saw, some of them, Jesus. Still happens. Still happens. There are people who with us right here this morning who have been to the cemetery, who have gone to give back to God a loved one who has preceded them in death. They have gone through that horrible experience of agony, of sorrow, of adjustment, of grief. They've been to the cemetery, but somehow, some way, either there on the way home, or maybe in the quietness of home, in that period of adjustment, they have heard a voice. They've felt a presence. They knew that they had seen or experienced the resurrected Lord. It happened then, and it happens still now. On that first Easter, two men—you know—we're going home from the way. Or home from Jerusalem to Emmaus, their home. And they met the resurrected Lord on the highway of disappointment, on the road to disillusionment. Yes, they had come to Jerusalem to see the one who was to be the Redeemer of Israel, but that one ended up on a cross. And they were going home disappointed and disillusioned, and they were sharing their sorrow with each other when lo and behold, from nowhere came a stranger who joined them and with that stranger who opened up to them the word of God, who, who explained the scriptures from Moses throughout all of the prophets. They later sat down and ate with him, and in the breaking of bread those people saw the resurrected Lord. They experienced the presence of the living God. That still happens. Several years ago I was out for lunch and when I came back there was a note on my desk, lady of our community and congregation, brilliant, intelligent, wanted to see me. She was in the process of a very delicate, very difficult study of the Holy Word. And in the process which had been going on for some time, something was happening to her and she knew it. She realized from the study of God's Word that maybe she had never been a christian before her concept of the church was entirely different from what she found in god's word and it upset her she wanted to quit i talked to her for a long period of time and don't think i was much good to her but under the grace of god's holy spirit she stuck with it she was miserable you could tell it when you talked with her i could see it when she sat here in church She was going through a horrible ordeal of disappointment and disillusionment, but she stayed with the study of God's Word. Several weeks later, she called and asked for another appointment, and I saw her. The minute she walked into my study, I knew I was in the presence of an entirely different person. And then she told me a serious moment happened in her life which she felt she really couldn't explain. Remember, this woman was intelligent, sane very sensible was not fanatical in any way shape or form and made sure that nobody knew her as such but she said dick something happened to me the other night in the middle of the night I was forced literally to arise from my bed I got down on my knees and I felt a presence and though I lost all track of time the next time I looked at the clock over three hours had passed I had seen Jesus, she said I experienced the presence of the living God it happens it happens to Easter people no two of us experience in the same way people on that first Easter the disciples you know they found the living God Behind locked doors of fear. Thomas, you know, he, he had a living experience of the living Lord only when he was open and free and honest enough and with his doubts. Peter, he found the living Lord at work when he was out fishing and doing a horrible job of it and utterly frustrated in that he couldn't do his work. Jesus, in his resurrected form, still comes to people. And we've experienced it, we who are the Easter people. Well, we don't talk much about it. We're afraid people will think that we're a little mentally deranged. We get embarrassed, but it's so hard to explain something that is inexplainable. How do you explain a presence, a a voice, an experience that even you yourself question? I've had it happen several times to me, in the first service I shared with those who are present, what I share with you now, don't even know if my mother knows about it, she's worshiping with us in this service today. It happened back in October of 1954. I was first year at seminary. I thought that would be a wonderful experience but I tell you in all humility and honesty seminary was very very difficult for me and I do not mean academically though the courses were very difficult as any graduate school but it was more difficult emotionally boy I thought before I went if there'd any be a place like heaven this side of heaven it would be where 500 men and women were studying for the Christian ministry boy was I fooled (laughs) I said many a time my college fraternity brothers who never entered the church had the spirit more of the Christ than some of those people who had claimed to dedicate their lives to God I couldn't understand that and I still can't understand and it's very difficult when professionalism within religion seems to take the warmth away from it but it was very very difficult and I was at that moment which really frightened me then but which I realize now having counseled other people who have gone to seminary know that every minister or minister to be goes through but if you don't know that at the time But I was seriously questioning leaving seminary I thought I was in the wrong place I thought I should quit it was a weekend retreat that I was forced to go to and I mean literally forced I didn't want to go but I had to go We sat around and had a discussion, which I think was the most horrible discussion I've ever had in my whole life. And then we sat around the table of the Lord, and the last thing I wanted to do that night was to break bread and to drink of the cup. And after it was all over, I couldn't wait to get out of the room. I literally ran and was out in northern New Jersey. I went started walking down the road it was almost the midnight hour I had no idea where I was going I didn't much care Then something happened to me and I can't explain it other than know the first thing I knew I was down on my knees in the middle of that road I can still feel the asphalt pushing against my kneecaps good thing an automobile didn't come or I wouldn't be here now but God I guess takes care of those things I don't know how long I was there, but I experienced the resurrected Lord. It's happened other times in my life. I've told some of you some of the experiences. I'm going to tell more of them from time to time because I really think that sometimes we're too tight-lipped, we Easter people, about the experiences that we have had with the living Jesus. I can't explain it to you. I'm sure some people would would tell you what happened was that I was having the result of the sauerkraut and wieners that I had for dinner. Others would say I was just homesick and longing for any experience of comfort. Others, I'm sure, would have other explanations. I can't explain it to you except that I know, I know, that I was in the presence of the living Christ. That happened over 20 years. Of course, why shouldn't it happen? I'm an Easter person. Paul, you know, brilliant, courageous, changed in the middle of his life, Paul. He never was apologetic for his mystical experiences. At least five times he tells it to us in the Bible. He meant the living, resurrected Lord. He was an Easter person. And a resurrected an Easter person is one who knows who knows, even though he can't explain it, define it, or fully comprehend it, he knows where he has been, and that he has experienced somehow, some way, the resurrected Lord. I think also the Easter person is one who believes in where he's going, not only knows where he's come from, but believes where he's going. To me, the greatest book in the Bible is the Acts of the Apostles. I recommend it to you. If you're not involved in a Bible study now, start studying the book, the Acts of the Apostles. And the reason that I think it's so tremendous is indicated in its name. It's a book not about theology or about philosophy or ideas. It's a book about Acts. It's a book about people. People who are not spending time talking, but people who are spending time doing. These people went out. These people got things done. These people were going things all because they believed. They believed where they were going. Now, such belief does not come easily. You'll remember on Thursday night of Holy Week, the first one, and you heard it again if you were here Thursday night, that our Lord to his disciples said that he was going away A little while and you will see me no more. Little children, you will seek me. But as I told the Jews, I will say also to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. And then Peter said, Why can't we come where you are going? And our Lord returned. You cannot follow me now, but you will follow after. And then Jesus goes into one of the great discourses. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid if you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so what I told you that I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also let not your hearts be troubled and neither let them be afraid that was Thursday night Friday night Jesus was dead he was in the tomb and the disciples They weren't frightened. They were scared to death. They were crying. They were weeping. They were running. They wished that they had never seen the big Galilean. They were sorry. But then came the glorious resurrection morn of Sunday. Yes, and Jesus, who was dead, was now alive, and he was resurrected. And as Jesus promised, when the Holy Spirit came, He did exactly what Jesus on Thursday night said he would do. I will send unto you the Holy Spirit. I will send him to you from the Father. He will come to you in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit they remembered that Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And because they had an answer in a belief concerning death, they then had the power to go out and to live life. You see, then and now it's always the same. Unless you answer and have reconciled to you that question concerning death, you really can't begin to live. But when you have that reconciled in your mind and answered then, and only then do you begin to live and that's what happened to the disciples they didn't know anything more about heaven than you and i know they didn't know where it was what it was like what the furniture would be but they believed they believed in where they were going you know someone has compared death, which is a mystery and which frightens us to what happens at the other end of life birth which always thrills us and which we call a miracle but you know we never look at it that way and it's too bad because you know in God's sight I'm sure that they are almost the same they are both entrances into new experiences you just think with me on this if before you were born in your mother's womb you had the mental ability to reason that you now possess. If you possess that which now you have had after birth, before birth, do you realize that you would be as frightened of birth into this world as you are birth into the world beyond this one? Yes. If before birth you had the capacity to reason and to think you know you would know nothing more about this earth than we know now about heaven. Then you would know no more as to where this world is anymore than now we know where heaven is. No, you would be so warm and comfortable within mother you would be scared to death to want to leave that experience and birth into this world that we look forward to and rejoice in. it would be a tragic horrible traumatic experience yes within there we would say to ourselves if we had the ability then to reason my how are we going to face air what are we going to do with it we don't use air in here what are we going to do with light we own know only darkness in here sound what are we going to do with sound there's nothing but silence within mother It'd be a horrible experience realizing that we were coming into something new which we did not understand nor comprehend. And then comes the birth, that traumatic experience. And the first thing we know after we come out of the womb and into this world are the strong arms of the doctor who gives us assurance and comfort. The first eyes we're able to look into after we can begin to see are the eyes of love. And then we begin to realize that for nine months, somebody has been preparing a place for us. Some of us had rooms fixed up that were beautifully painted with the proper pictures and with the curtains and the proper wallpaper. Somebody had prepared a place for us. And we found warmth and understanding, and we knew that we had been prepared for. And not only that, that we had been prepared because while we were inside hating the moment when we would have to come outside we had these two slits in the front of our heads and we didn't know what they were but then when we come out we begin to see that they are eyes and and they are the instruments that we use for light these two protrusions that we didn't know why they were there before suddenly begin to pick up the sounds and the lungs start pumping air lungs that we didn't even know existed before but which were placed there by god's creation to prepare us for this new life and suddenly we find a home here in Earth, this place that we feared to come to when we were still in the womb and we're so much in love with this earth we don't want to leave now and go to that place with its many rooms one of which has been prepared for each one of us We believe. That's all we can do. We believe in where we are going, but we know that wherever it is, whatever it is like, it has been prepared for us. (laughs) And that this very moment right now, we are being prepared for that place. The most beautiful story, I think, to understand heaven is given by the Scotchman John Bailey he tells about the doctor who was called to the home of a man who is near death and the patient said doctor please what's it like on the other side the doctor didn't know what to answer just then the doctor who had been called from the home heard his little pet dog who had followed him from home to this place of healing ministry and the little dog was scratching at the door and the doctor said sir Heaven, I assume, would be just like the experience we are knowing now. Do you hear my dog begging to come in? He's never been in this room before. He doesn't know what's going on here, but he knows his master is here, and he wants to come in. We don't know what it's like over there, but we know the master is there, and he's taking care of those who have passed before us. And we're being prepared now, right now, to go and be there with them. Hallelujah. But you have this power, you see, not by what you know, but when you believe in where you are going. And Easter people do believe in where they're going. And Easter people have the power, you see, to live in what we call, or Paul calls, the power of the resurrection. That's the three points. Know where you've been. Believe where you're going and to the best of your ability with God's help. Live today in the power of the resurrection. Power is something we're talking a lot about today. I don't care where you read or where you go or who you hear. Power is the main word. Young people want power. Politicians want power. Church wants power. People in the third world, they want power. Women want power. Everybody wants power. And that's good. That's good because we are made to be people who possess power. Does not Genesis say that we have dominion, authority, power, over the things of the earth? We're supposed to have it. Our problem comes, you see, though, in finding a definition of power. More than 1,100 people worship this church today, and many thousands by way of radio. And I'm sure if I were to ask every one of you your definition of power, we would have as many definitions as we have people. We don't agree. But for the Easter people, they ought to understand the real meaning of power, because we had it confirmed to us on that first first Easter. There's power, ladies and gentlemen, right in front of you. You can't sit in this church without seeing the power of God revealed in its greatest power on the day of crucifixion. When our Lord was nailed to that cross and His outstretched, aching arms were just about ready to break off, when He was in misery and pain, and when He was receiving the torture and the tongue lashing and having everything taken from Him that He possessed by those who were putting Him to death, and when He only looked down upon them with eyes of love and spoke to them in the tone of a prayer, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's power. When Jesus was almost near death, and when he should have been thinking about his own suffering, but he looked out and he saw his mother, and he was concerned about her, and he said, Woman, behold thy son, and to his disciple, behold thy mother. Being concerned about family in moments when you are about ready to die, and being concerned about a criminal who is beside you, making sure you get him into paradise. That's power when you can openly and honestly realize your limitations of humanity, when you're not afraid to cry out against God when you think that he has left you. When, you, when you are not afraid to ask somebody to help you to relinquish the desire that you have for great thirst, when you're not afraid to be human, that's power. When you can go throughout all of life and do your job and before you die know that you have finished the work you were sent here to do, that's power. When you only have a few minutes left in life and you do not think of your life as being taken from you but rather you are giving it and committing it into the spirit and hands of God, that's power. That's power, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the power of the resurrection. Oh, on Good Friday those sounded like weak words, words which didn't have much power, words which really have no effect, just words of a dying man. But then on Easter, when Jesus was proven by God to be the one he said he could be and would be, then those words were given the power of the resurrection. And that is the proof and now today we can live in the power of the resurrection knowing that those words are not words of weakness but words of power and if we live that way every day we are powerful people and that's what god wants us to be because easter people are people who live in the power of the resurrection who believe in where they are going and who know where they have come from Because they've experienced the living Christ. That's it. It's been a wonderful, wonderful Holy Week in this church. I'm grateful for all of you, these fellow ministers, and I'm grateful for the message that we have. For we are the Easter people, ladies and gentlemen, and don't forget it. Hallelujah. What a message! What a week. What a beautiful day. It's a great day in the kingdom. Amen. Father, you made us, you created us, you've redeemed us, and now you've given us the message of life. Thank you for giving us Easter, the Easter message, and making us Easter people. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of His Holy Spirit be with us all as we leave this place and live every day as though it were Easter. Amen.